welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. And I'm sitting here with Tom... What's your last name? Dorian. Dorian. I, I need to look at my show notes. What are you we doing this? Spell seven it a years? whole lot easier. You can spell. This is like our three hundred and seventy sixth show. Is it really? It is. Wow. A pile of shows. It feels like five twenty. No, I'm kidding. It feels like like number seven for me. Yeah, I know. It's man. like the biblical number of perfection. Completeness. Isn't that great. Yeah. Anyway. Tom, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? That is uh, great that you're doing well, and Thank I'm you. doing well as well. Good. We look good, too, don't so we? So we're all talking about how well we're doing. We are. Uh, and I want to talk about someone who's not doing so well, someone who has sent me a letter. I love going to the mailbag. I saw it. I cheated. Yeah, I gave you a copy. I know. I was like, hey, you were like, what are they we talking about? They don't know about? that, though. Well, they the do now. Do, well, there you go. I gave you a copy, uh, right. and I, want, I love getting emails, so if you want this to send an email, send me an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com We actually really do love emails. I love them. How many shows have we done on emails? I don't know. A lot of them. A bunch. It's important to let folks know that they can email us and we actually read them. We do. We'll do shows about them. Well, we do it. We get their permission first. We ask permission. We don't just start talking about uh, you know Aunt Aunt Chloe yeah. or whoever. Like she 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 murdered somebody and <laughs> I have no idea you know, where that came from. Hopefully the prosecutor in her town doesn't hear about this. Yeah. Now we don't we don't do anything that would be outside uh, mm. the realms of decency and morality. We will certainly uh, right. uh, we don't want to break any HIPAA laws. Very respectful. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. So uh, we've gotten uh, this young lady. I say young. I think she's probably about eighty. But Maria's <laughs> permission here, uh, yeah. and the email goes like this: Dear Deacon Jeff. I wanted to tell you about a family situation my husband and I are experiencing and ask your opinion about what to do. My youngest son, who is 35 years old now. Okay, so this is an older, younger son. So youngest son. So it's like, they're mature, right? Okay. Anyway, my youngest son, who is 35 years old now, has stopped going to church regularly. This is the first time I've ever heard of this before. There are people that actually stop going to church regularly? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, Wow. this is a shocker. But anyway. I'm not making light of this email, but it's very common, isn't it? It is. Okay, so there have been some occasions where we know that he has fibbed about going, perhaps just to make us feel better. Now, for those of you who don't know, the word fib means he's a liar. (laughs) And he's lying to his mama. You don't lie to your mama. mama, He's fibbed. I know. I love my boy. Doesn't sound like a mom? (laughs) He's a fibber. Anyway, we always have gone to Mass every. Now, she all caps every. You know when you do all caps like in a letter, you're yelling. You're yelling. Yeah. So she's screaming. It's like we have always I hope gone she's to not screaming at us. Always gone to mass every <laughs> Sunday as a family. His older brothers and sisters all still go to mass. We'll make a comment about that later. <laughs> not that you're putting any pressure on this young man, are you? But that's not the real problem. It isn't. Wait. She says the real problem is that he and his girlfriend, 35 girlfriend have Mm -hmm. just had a child, girlfriend, Mm -hmm. child, Mm -hmm. and are not really planning to get married. Not really planning? Is that like being kind of pregnant? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so not really planning to get married. They live together, and he says that he wants to raise the baby boy as a Catholic. And then she says in parentheses, at least that is some good news. 
And so then she asks or says, my husband and I want him to go to mass and get married and have the baby baptized. Then she says, I really love your show and believe that you and Tom can help. So dot, dot, dot. She said my name. I love her. Help. She screams in all caps. And it's uh, Maria. And Maria is from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We've got, have we gotten emails before from South Dakota? I don't believe so. This is the first for That's us, awesome. I think. Thanks, I think there's only 17 people that live there in South Dakota, <laughs> and Maria's one of them, so this word's going to get around. But anyway, <laughs> I don't want to make light of Maria, make fun of her. No. Uh, this is a very serious situation, as you just pointed out. It is. But. Hurts your heart. But the fact that she, like, um, sucks up to us here at the end, I really love your show. You yeah. Yeah. That's not going to go. Drop my name. That's not going to get her any points here because we're going to be honest. We want to be should. honest here in love. Yes, we but always she do get it in points. Love. Well, she can have some love points. Okay. And Maria, thank you so much for reaching out to us. And and, and I don't want this to be something that weighs heavy on your heart. And I understand that this is all serious to you. So we yeah. want to talk about this. But I, 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 it made me think a lot about how my answer would be. But right? also, we've done some. Haven't we done a show about this before? Right, just recently, like maybe three, four shows ago, yeah. we did one on the top ten ways, our famous top ten list, of how to get whoever your loved one is, usually children, back to church, yeah, so that back this, to Mass. This kind of fits in with it. It does fit in with it, but it made me think deeply. Mm-hmm. You know, So, Maria, you can check that show out. We just did a show about going deeper. Too. Go to thecatholiccafe.com and look, go to the listen page, and you'll actually find uh, that show, just three top or four 10. shows back, uh, that, that that list how to get people back into the church now but that's presuming that's what we want to do and that's and this is what i wanted to talk about i'm thinking like we need to look at this a little deeper than we would ordinarily because this is obviously a serious situation so there's a couple things i want to point out about this particular letter from maria from south dakota and the first is what are maria's objectives Mm-hmm. Right, what, what is her goal in this? Mm-hmm. And she states it quite clearly. My husband and I, it's good that they're on the same page. My husband and I want him to go to mass and to get married and to have the baby baptized. So these are reasonable things. And I'm sure she does this out of love. Maria, I know you love your uh, youngest son as well as the, his older brothers and sisters. So looking at it from the son's perspective for a second, I will mention that I wonder if there's a little bit going on here with this his older brothers and sisters all still go to mass. Right. And there might be a little pressure. And so sometimes She's you'll have his nose a little bit. Yeah. I've got nine kids. You've got 15. Well, you got five, five between us. We have 14. Yes. Right. And so like <laughs> in our kids, there are some that listen and some that are a little slower to get on with the program. Right. Right. Everyone's different. Oh yeah. And some require an effort that, you know, others don't require. Right. And so, Sometimes when you, if you, I don't know that you do this. Your letter doesn't tell me you do this. But if you are saying like, your big brother Bobby goes yeah, to mass every Sunday, require. you know, and they've already given us seven grandchildren and blah, blah, blah. You need to go with that. It can be problematic and it oh, puts yeah. a pressure on somebody for him to perform in, in a certain way to suddenly get married and have kids or, or to reject that. Right. And that can be, pro- that can be hard. So there big may time. be something that's a little difficult for him to, uh. To, to deal with, but I, I do want to talk about if we're if we're essentially she's wanting to evangelize, and of course in her own family, mm-hmm. if we're evangelizing, what should the the goal, the objective be, right? So the objective for Maria is to get mass. her son back to mass, to get his son her son married, and get her son to have that child baptized. baptized right? right? Those are reasonable objectives. But I would ask the question, what should her objective be? And we'll talk about that because it's. It's not as easy as you might think. Mm-hmm. 
right? And sometimes we'll use time-honored ancient solutions to things and think a little old school and maybe think that we're kind of missing the boat sometimes and realize that perhaps what we're intending to do, we're not intending the correct thing. Right. That we need to look at our goals and objectives. So if we're evangelizing, you know, maybe the wrong way to look at evangelizing, and I don't know if there are other things on this list, but there's a couple of things that you would look at. We evangelize in the Catholic Church so that, number one, we can get meat in the seats. No. Right? So is it about numbers? And people might think it's about numbers. And people might think that a successful program, a talk, an evangelizing talk or whatever, or the the success of that parish is based on how many people you get there because that brings in more money. Now, it's not necessarily about money, but a lot of people think that there is – a success in numbers and that, that that's the, so then the goal is raise the numbers you raise right. the numbers then you're successful right another one that's i would say is a misconception as an objective is that in evangelizing these are really victories and trophies for us to be able to say we we were victorious in that situation we won that debate we changed their mind or the holy spirit sure was victorious there and isn't that great and we can parade around that victory because that can sometimes actually turn into pride Totally. Right? And so yeah. then it's like, well, is that what we're really supposed to be doing when we evangelize? No. To be prideful and say, how many do you got? 57. You know, you remember uh, Legless and whatever that little short uh, dwarf guy in Lord of the Rings? They were like counting how many people they killed. Oh, yeah. Right? You know, and they would count like 37, 38, 9, you know, and it's like whatever. <laughs> and it was all about the numbers. Right. Right? The better man had the higher numbers. And so it can't be about numbers and it can't be about victories or trophies. Right. Right, obviously, certainly not that. And then, of course, that that a third one that's very common is like just really checking off boxes. It's like this list. If we get this person in the in, in the Catholic Church and they go to Mass and they get signed up for this and they get their First Holy Communion, they're baptized, First Holy Communion, their confirmation, then we have succeeded. Right. The Church is good and vibrant and holy, yeah. and, and no, it's th- those things. While they are good signs of a healthy church. They are problematic if those are the goals, right? Because they become all about the numbers, or all about pride, or all about just missing the point mm-hmm. of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So we have to understand the true objective, right, of evangelization, mm-hmm. and it. So it it can't be the simple, just like, well, I guess go to church. Is that the true objective? No, no. The true objective obviously is heaven. knowing Jesus. It's heaven. It's going to heaven, right? Right, that's the that's the victory. Saints, right? It's the victory in heaven, not the victory here on earth. Mm-hmm. So, and the modeled lives of the saints are so important to us. But but certainly, this concept of knowing Jesus, having an intimate relationship with Jesus, is what we're supposed to be doing when we evangelize. Mm-hmm. We're not teaching the kids to become Catholic. We're not telling our friends that the Catholic Church is best because blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. We're telling them that. We want you to know Jesus and know him in the fullest way possible. And we believe that the Catholic Church is the fullest expression or the fullest revelation of God's, you know, revelation here on earth. It's the fullest expression of that revelation. Mm-hmm. So in the context of being Catholic, yeah, that's why we would, we would say the Catholic Church. But it's really about that personal relationship with Jesus that is what matters. And as importantly, it's this concept of true conversion. Right. Like a genuine transformation of your heart. Mm-hmm. See, that's success. 
that's that's powerful and that's what's important so we're going to come back and talk to maria about some of her specifics and what she's looking at here great uh, we've talked a little bit about evangelization and, and what the goals and objectives should be we'll recap that when we come back before we do that i want to remind folks at home we do have a great website thecatholiccafe.com beautifully redesigned ready and waiting for you to come and visit yeah. thecatholiccafe.com what a wonderful site and then also, I'd love to hear from you, as we heard from Maria from South Dakota. I want to hear from you. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we will be right back. I'm Bess Drzemski, and this is another great moment in church history. It is not easy to love with a deep love, which lies in the authentic gift of self, This love can only be learned by penetrating the mystery of God's love. Looking at Him, being one with His fatherly heart, we are able to look with new eyes at our brothers and sisters, with an attitude of unselfishness and solidarity, of generosity and forgiveness. All this is mercy. These profound words, spoken by Pope John Paul II, encompass the message of divine mercy entrusted to Sister Faustina Kowalska. In Poland in the 1930s, St. Faustina received a message of mercy for the entire world from Jesus Christ himself. In the midst of turmoil after the First World War and the ominous cloud of another war on the horizon, a humble little nun encountered Christ in a series of deep and mysterious mystical experiences. She wrote, In the evening, when I was in my cell, I became aware of the Lord Jesus clothed in a white garment. From the opening of the garment at the breast, there came forth two large rays, one red and the other pale. Christ told St. Faustina, The two rays denote blood and water. The pale ray stands for the water, which makes souls righteous. The red ray stands for the blood, which is the life of souls. Christ commanded St. Faustina to convey his message of mercy to the world. He desired that she make known the infinite love he has for all people. My daughter, I demand that you devote all your free moments to writing about my goodness and mercy. It is your office and your assignment throughout your life to continue to make known to souls the great mercy I have for them and to exhort them to trust in my bottomless mercy. The message of St. Faustina calls us back to the church and her sacraments. It calls us to a deeper conversion of heart and a preparation for the final judgment and our own judgment before Christ on the day of our death. Through Faustina, Christ reminds us, He who refuses to pass through the door of my mercy must pass through the door of my justice. Christ told her that after this time of mercy, the day of justice will come and he urges us to have recourse to his infinite mercy. St. Faustina's life and writings remind us to come and wash ourselves in Christ's mercy. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm still Deacon Jeff. Haven't changed my name yet. Still here with Tom Dorian. Yes, sir. Uh, and uh, we're talking. We're talking to Maria in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Maria's tough topic. Telling us some stuff, and she says, "My husband and I want 
their son to go to mass to get married to have the baby baptized so that led us into a whole conversation about what actually is the goal of evangelization heaven yeah well but essentially how do we do that how do we get them to heaven and that is to have a true conversion of heart yeah, that's right right and, the, and you know i was thinking about that and and interestingly uh during the 26th sunday of ordinary time the gospel is pertinent to this conversation i want to read it um, and this is uh, when Jesus is certainly he's in the temple and he's talking about the talking to the chief priests and the elders, mm-hmm. which, you know, letter of the law kind of guys, pharisaical in nature, you know. And so is, this is important to understand, like the letter of the law and what, what's going on there. And he and he and he, he addresses them in the parable of these two sons. And this is the uh, the 21st chapter of Matthew. This is starting at verse 28. And he asked them. What is your opinion? A man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. He said in reply, I will not. But afterwards, he changed his mind and went. The man came to the other son and gave the same order. He said in reply, Yes, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did his father's will? They answered, The first. Jesus said to them, Amen, I say to you, tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. When John came to you in the way of righteousness, you did not believe him, but tax collectors and prostitutes did. Yet even when you saw that, you did not later change your minds and believe him. So what is Jesus talking about here? I, I love that, that reading, by the way. In it's, fact, one of my kids is just like that. He's like oh yeah. the former. He's the one that will tell you no, but then he'll do it. So that's better. That's but great. The, both he of those people are imperfect, right? Both of them don't admit to the Father's will and then do it, right. which is what we're all called to. But Jesus says the latter is justified. Right. The one who says no and then does it. Right? Is no, the, the latter is the one that said right. Other yes. Other way around. Right. Exactly. So it's the former. But the point is the former. The, the one who says no first right. and then does it. Right. And why? Right. What happened? What took place there? There was a conversion. Right. Right. Jesus is saying you'll be rewarded in heaven. You'll be justified for your conversion of heart. Right. So if you are a sinner, it, it's the conversion that, that changes you and causes you to do the right thing. Right. That's, that's the only thing that differs in this is one is converted to the right. The other is someone who probably was lying from the beginning. Yeah. I ain't going to do it, but I'll tell him and make everything happy. Yeah. Right? So how does this apply to this situation? You know, what Maria needs to be worrying about here, I think, Maria, uh, the advice that I think both Tom and I would give you is certainly to keep praying for your son. Absolutely. But don't pray that he goes to Mass, that he gets married, and that the baby is baptized. No, pray for his conversion. Pray that he pray that he comes to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because in that knowing will be transformation, will be conversion. So ultimately, you're praying for his conversion. Right. Right. We, we should all stop with the goals. Lord, if I could just have $638,000 to pay off this debt. <laughs> right. Just, oh, just 638 precisely. That's all I need. And we can be very specific with our prayers sometimes. And I, I think it's okay sometimes. Mm-hmm. Lord, right now, all I know is I need to cross this bridge. And I understand where it can be like that. But. We have a bigger thing going on. We're talking about a 35-year-old man who, by the way, wants to raise his son, born out of wedlock, as a Catholic. <coughs> Excuse me. And, and so I would ask a couple of questions of Maria and of the son. Now, see, in my family, if I'd heard that, which I haven't, but if I'd heard that from one of my kids, don't worry, Dad, 
I'm going to raise the kid Catholic. I'm not married to my girlfriend, a mm-hmm. child out of wedlock, and I don't regularly go to Mass. So what I'd say is, in a nice way, I'd essentially say, what do you know about being Catholic? How can you raise a child Catholic if you don't, you don't even know what that is? Right. You're not living it. Mm-mm. And now the son might get upset. So, Mom, how do we deal with this? Mm-hmm. How do we deal with the upset son? Mm-hmm. Well, we can accomplish all this. God has given you all the tools, Maria, and all you other parents out there who have got kids that are doing the same things. I mean, this is very common. So first is model behavior. What I think all kids universally recognize, they see through everything, and they are repulsed by hypocrisy. That's true. So when you cheat on the taxes and then tell people not to steal. Right. Right? When you do things that they say, well, wait a second. Did Dad just shoplift that fishing rod? <laughs> How you would do that, by the way, I don't know. <laughs> You're walking kind of funny, sir. I got a, I got some problems. You're like Festus today. <laughs> but the point is, when they see you do that, mm-hmm. and but you tell them it's wrong, that's not going to do anything. They don't like hypocrisy, right? So your model behavior. So Maria going to mass. Well, we did every Sunday. Yeah. Well, don't lord it over them. Just right. keep going to mass. Yeah. Keep going to confession. Keep praying and letting him know that you're praying for him. That's right. Just that's it, mm-hmm. right? And then the second most important thing is love them. That's right. Love them, and I know that was in our top ten list, it but was. love them and tell them that they Hardest are loved. Was. Let them know that they uh, that you would die for them. Right. Right. And don't give me this thing like, well, they know that. You know, we get Christmas presents, whatever. It's like, look, if my wife, she knows I love her. Mm-hmm. But she likes to hear it. Yeah. And I like to hear it. Yeah. So it's like, that's why we have mouths and why they have ears. because it, And then it goes straight to the heart. Yep. Right? It's why we love hearing the words, I absolve you of all your sins. In the name of the Father and the Son. We like to hear that. That is a good thing In confession, to hear. it feels really good. And you suddenly know, you know that you're loved by the Father when you're forgiven. And so tell them that, the, that you love them. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is this. If you do everything in love, right, you tell them you love them, you have to also remember that you're always their parent, right? You don't stop being their parent, which means that you have a responsibility to tell them what you think is right. Mm -hmm. Now, how you parent changes as you get older, because like when they're 35 or when they're 50 or when they're 60, you can't say, if you don't do it this way, Sonny, you're grounded. I mean, obviously that doesn't work, right? Right. And you can't just say, because I told you so. You've got to convince them through your model behavior and then reason with them, but you also have to love them. That's right. Right, and they won't receive it unless, unless it's in love. So they won't receive any kind of admonish, admonition or any kind of challenge or any kind of critique or criticism unless it's in love. Right. Because then it doesn't become some like judgmental thing. Right. So love them. And, you know, there's a corporate thing, and I'll call it a crud sandwich, but you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. There's a corporate thing where you, you start, if you're giving bad news to somebody, Tom, you're, you're going to be fired. So, Tom, you know what? Tom, you've been a great employee. You're fired, but I really like your hair. So that's the crud sandwich. So it's like... Good, bad, good. That's right. You, but I, I'm joking there, certainly, but, but you want to frame everything that you do in love. Right. And that changes everything. It, it softens the blow. It helps them to know that while you are not pleased with how, like, for instance, Maria, he's fibbing to you. Just mm-hmm. call him out. It's like, I know you wouldn't go. Why are you lying to me? Why, why are you telling me that? 
I don't love you less because you lied to me. I'm disappointed in you. I want you to tell me the truth. Yeah. Right? So help me understand why you don't want to go to Mass anymore. Yeah. Help me understand why you don't want to get married. I, we'll have the conversation. But understand I'm doing this because I love you. Right. I'm all, you're, you, you may be older than you were before, but I'm always older than you. That's right. Right? So I'm always older than before, too. So that relationship will always be there as a parent. But the key is to do everything that you do in, in love. That's right. Right? So sort of a recap for Maria, mm-hmm. right? Your objective is not get him to go to Mass. Your objective is not to get the two of them married. Your objective is not, you know, to get the kid baptized. That's not your objective. Mm-hmm. Your objective simply is the true conversion of the heart. You know, and I could go down and give you a laundry list of reasons why some people think it might not be a good thing that, like, when there's an out-of-wedlock pregnancy, that the first answer is immediately marriage. Mm-hmm. That's an old-school thought, and I'm not saying that that's the wrong answer. I'm just saying that, you know, it also, I've seen many troublesome marriages that happened with that kind of uh, a wedding decision, mm-hmm. right, why we got married, and then what ends up happening later, because if there's not true love there, if there's not a future between the two, maybe sometimes, you know, adoption uh, or uh, some other uh, situations are more appropriate than actually marriage. So you need to consider those things, the state of the hearts and the maturity of the, of the, of the people who are going through this situation. Right. Right. So this idea of like, get them married. It's going to be, we have a legitimate thing here. Now we got, this is married. This yeah, is good. It's not the end all. And then, and then park in seats. This is the other thing that's important. Putting people in mass. That's yeah, not the point. I'm willing to bet that there are people that go to Mass every day that, you know, they're not guaranteed of a, uh, of a place in heaven. Just mm. sitting there in that pew is not going to put you in heaven. It's what happens while you're in that pew. It's the, it's the state of conversion. Do you believe in the Eucharist? Have you been to confession? Are you hearing the words of the gospel? Do you, is there a conversion? Right. Right. So Mass is a product of the conversion, but... You know, just going to mass is not the answer. So we're not trying to populate the church, right? Right. We're we're having a conversion of heart, and your objective is certainly the true conversion of the heart for your son. Um, and this is only going to be accomplished through love. That's true. You know, kind and gentle, but then persistent and unflinching. Right. Right. Don't back down. Right. And so you need to say to him, "I tell you this because I love you." Right. But then understand, Maria, that they're not going to receive it. Unless they believe that you truly love them. That's true. That's where the power is. Mm -hmm. It's in love. It's in God's love passed through you to your son. So we wish you the best. We pray for you. uh, But start praying for your son's conversion. Amen. 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 Let's ask Mary to pray for us. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, mother of God, God, pray pray for for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holly, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at The Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.